Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to another episode of ICU Talks. Today is an interview session, meaning we get to the opportunity to bring back a speaker from our recent ICU Talks event, and we get to dig in a little deeper. So I'm Dan. And I am Kim Honeycutt. Glad to say that I am the co-founder and president of ICU Talks. I knew you could do that better than me, so good. Right, so I'm good. Like And so I want to welcome everybody. Thank y'all for hanging in there with us as we're figuring this out and that you are a part of ICU Talks Hear Voices podcast. And so people can go at any time, right, Dan? They can go to YouTube and they can see her, can see her face, they can see yeah. the demonstration she did on stage. But we also want people like me and you who are super busy and so I listen to podcasts every morning while I'm getting ready, while I'm driving. So I can't watch a YouTube video and do that. So we wanted a different format to get the same message, the message of love, the message of redemption to people. And so that's what we're doing. Yeah, it's an element of digging deeper. We get really get to know the guest and yeah. know some of the behind the scenes and some of the stuff that might have been missed along the way. So. Absolutely. So I'm excited about that. So Samira Parker yes. is here in the house. And I'm going to say this before I feel Yes, yes. So I mean, glad to be tore here. it up on stage. <laughs> Praise I, God. Yeah, people probably get tired of hearing me say this, but the first two events in January mm. were when we yeah. kick Satan in the teeth. Yes. I mean, he is a mama mama. He, he can't even <laughs> talk. Because it was every yes. speaker well, was so good. And we got to give due to the security team that was there to keep him the out. The security team is that if you don't know, Dan is a big part of our security. <laughs> if you saw him, you would grasp Shameless that plug. that is what's going on. Shameless plug. And so I'm excited to have Tamara here. I got two books sitting beside me that have your name at the bottom. Yeah. Which makes you a published author. Yes! (laughs) That is amazing. So that's part of your story. It's part of what you shared that night. This is, I'm looking at this as an interactive book. Yes. Breaking Bad, which you know we all love. Mm. Yes. That, right? Yes. 21 Days to Break a Habit. Mm -hmm. So we got that. And then I have Boundless. And you know I'm all about you and your Boundless and watching you on Instagram and on Facebook and how you are just speaking out to people about not being bound. That's right. Amen, sister. All about getting people free. And it says by. No, it says birthright. But the way it is Mm -hmm. written... Then I had to do that joke. And it says, Hair's Teeter. <laughs> buy, buy products at Hair's Teeter. Riff it what, rig. Rig. Rig Hair's Teeter. It it's a subliminal advertisement right. for Hair's Teeter. Right. Hair's Teeter. Hey, oh, See, I started going to public. I'm going back to Hair's Teeter. All right, so we got Boundless by Birthright. Boundless by Birthright. I'm, I'm not joking. Like, I can feel that. Mm-hmm. I can feel that. Like, we are... Then you can. Get your hands <laughs> off the book. All right. So, so, the, so real quick, Not. I know you didn't come here to get plugged. I know I that's not why you're here. You're here to talk about Jesus. But, yes. But let's plug you real quick. So this is on Amazon? It is. Both of them are on Amazon. Okay. So somebody wants to find Breaking Bad, 21 Days to Break a Habit, Samira Parker. Yes. Or Boundless by Birthright. Yes. The quickest way for them to find it really is to search by my name, and it'll pull up both of them. Okay. So if they search by Shamira, S-H-A-M-Y-R-A, Parker, mm-hmm. it'll pull both of them up. Okay. Well, we got that taken care of. Looks I'm so great. Excited. I wasn't brought a copy, but I'm, I'm let me so know. Copy. <laughs> I'm just saying. We can share. We're sisters. Uh, so I get a copy because uh, we're sisters. You're the little brother in the corner. <laughs> so, so tell me about... Just kind of give like a summation of your talk, like a one or two sentences, and then what was it like preparing for it? Mm. And what was the post 
experience for you? Mm -hmm. So the first question was, um, what was it like? Or what was the message? What was the message? What was the message? The message was a message about redemption, healing, um, and really mental health awareness, suicide awareness and prevention, and really stepping out to end the stigma. Right. That's what that message was about for me. It was huge, especially for the black community dealing with mental health issues. Yes, that's right. That's Mm -hmm. right. It's very strong. And and just just know, I know y'all can't see her, but if you've heard our podcast we did with Kristen Young that the focus that night was mirror mirror meaning self-reflection but just so happened the three women who spoke that night all based on societal standards are genetically just blessed oh my <laughs> just blessed right <laughs> and so so much for you that's what happened is the perfectionism is that people look at you you're a beautiful woman and they assume because you were a achiever academically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you were okay. Everything was great. And girl, you weren't. No, Mm-mm. I was not okay. Um, but as long as I was doing everything that everyone expected me mm-hmm. to do, right. because give it to Shamira, she'll get it done. I was just this high-functioning, depressed, empty vessel. Right. Just like walking around almost like a skeleton i mean and no one would know because i was smiling and i was getting things done and it was more important for me that i got other people's approval that i was doing whatever they asked me to do and that i i just i don't know back then it felt like i had to be perfect in order to be accepted that's right and that leaves you so empty inside because that that's that god-sized void you're looking Mm -hmm. for other people to feel that's right that's right it creates such a dependence yes your day is always on the outside Mm -hmm. it's always external Mm -hmm. and so about two minutes and 40 seconds into your talk i I remember you you talking about perfectionism and and just reminding me as a recovered alcoholic like it's the same Mm -hmm. it's just people look at me drunk every day where you're trying to be perfect every day And they're like, oh, we got to help him. They look at you and go, go, girl, go. Right. It's right? A, yes, yes. I couldn't have put it better. Yeah. That's well, because so I'm amazing. <laughs> you are amazing. <laughs> you are. I'm really humble. so true, though. Yeah, we encourage, really we encourage approval-seeking behavior all the time. God's okay. word is clear. Mm-hmm. Galatians 1.10 says, if you're still seeking the approval of people mm-hmm. and not God's, not me. you have That's missed right. it. You're not a servant of Christ if you're seeking someone else's approval, but the church encourages it. It does. The world academia encourages it. Yes. Yes, the world the, encourages it. The world encourages it. We have, that's part of ending the stigma against mental it health. It's teaching people perfectionism is a mental health disorder. It really is. Yes. And so many people are quietly suffering. Yes. Quietly suffering quietly. and sometimes unaware. Right. And that's part of it. It looks like overworking. It looks like... Right. Yeah. But the society that, really champions for overworking. It yes. does. And then you can wear it as a badge of honor, yes. too, and say, oh, look at that. And then I have these nice, shiny things, mm-hmm. too. But behind the scenes, really, is the happiness there? Not right. always. Maybe for some. Right. Can right. I say stop the glorification of busyness? I mm, say it again. Say it again. Can we stop the glorification of busyness? Yes. Please. That's right. That's right. That's, right. that's it. I think we, that's yeah. extremely important in American oh. culture in general. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. It's just mm-hmm. so true. And, you know, for me sitting here as a psychotherapist, whereas 
therapy has gotten me to where I am and helped me to identify mm -hmm. what was blocking me from receiving God's love, you didn't have a great experience with therapy. At least not in your early 20s. Was you mm -hmm. still like you're still in your early 20s? Whatever. Hey, <laughs> whatever. praise God. Right? Thank you. <laughs> I hope you're still saying that when I'm 80. That's right. Amen. <laughs> but you didn't have a good experience. No, I didn't. And it wasn't, it just was really, it wasn't really that effective to just like overly medicate someone. Right. Um, that's a Band-Aid. Um, it's not really doing the deep work. And I was heavily medicated, which wasn't really probably the best approach for someone as a college student anyway. Right. Um, and just all, I think back to, I think I was probably taking four different things, you know, and uh, I just didn't really feel like I got to the bottom of things. I didn't really come into that until much later. It oh, wow. takes a lot of courage. And not, it was just interesting today, like in just in the moment I was flipping through Facebook and, and I saw this about mental health and it's just young woman lying on the floor and she's in the sign she's holding says, I don't yeah. care what you say about me. I'm not ashamed of t taking medication from mental health. No one should be ashamed in the stigma. And right underneath that sister I took a picture is your name. Yes. Saying, <laughs> end it, it today. And so I love seeing that, knowing I was getting to spend time with you today. Yes. Because I want everyone to know, like, medication in conjunction with mm -hmm. therapy can be extremely effective. Yes. You people don't want me unmedicated. <laughs> Trust me. See me on the weekends. See my behavior. You will know. I don't take my medicine on the weekends. She's off her meds, guys. I'm off my meds on the weekends. I don't take Ritalin on the weekends. And so it's obvious that I don't. And uh, so I work with a lot of people that honestly, they would not be where they are. Oh gosh, yes. And what stopped them from taking medication is because they, they are church members. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to deal with people saying things. And so, but it's, there are certain psychiatrists out there that will over-medicate mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you, for your experience, medication didn't work. Yeah, I mean, I just felt like it, it just covered up the issue. It was a band-aid. Right. We weren't really getting to yeah, the work. Yeah. And so then I was still broken right. and medicated. Right. Broken and medicated doesn't work. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. there's nothing wrong with taking medication. There are some people that I truly believe they do. It, it Medication affects the quality of their life. Yes. Having medication helps them to have a better quality of life. Amen. And... I want to talk about just you you brought up the church I just I do not like the shaming piece of well if you had Jesus mm, and mm, if you just prayed mm. then you wouldn't need medicine I, that's a little that's a little dangerous it, it we don't want to do that it upsets me tremendously we don't want to do that mm. because there are some people who genuinely need it and but it needs to be calibrated it needs to be coordinated appropriately and you know I, I i'm definitely a proponent of medication but for me taking four different things in college yes. not really yes. um getting to the root of the issue it did not help me at all yes yes and and the word root is such a great word because mm -hmm. like it's tied into things a lot of it has to do with your interaction with your parents and yes parents do the best they can mm -hmm. it has to do with being bullied on the school ground there's so many things that you will yeah. not think are affecting you 20, 30 years later. So you can't just start cognitively. You can't just start right here. I can't look in the mirror and go, I am good enough. Guess what? I know I am. The little eight-year-old in me who got traumatized. That's it. She needs a, she needs a whole different message. And without yes. doing that root core yes. work with someone you trust, Yes. you, you won't get there.
I agree. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And and I think that's a really good. I like that you brought that up because one of the things that I talk about, I when I was doing one on one coaching, I would bring up uh, with the women who's really driving your life. You know, mm-hmm. in the driver's seat right. of your life, right. it looks like you, but really it's your mm-hmm. 12-year-old it's good. self it's good. It's good. driving. Yeah. Like, would you And they really, can't even see if the steering right, wheel. Right, like, would you trust right? a 12-year-old yes, to drive your car? Yes, amen. But you're trusting this 12-year-old to drive right. your life. That's right. And Speak we're not it. speaking to that 12-year-old. Right. We're not That's right. loving on her and consoling her and really asking her what's going on and what's wrong and getting to the root. Of, I mean, nothing ever happens until you get to the root. That's you got to right. dig up the weeds and get them out of there. Yeah, yeah. If you don't realize where you are, you won't even have an idea of where to go or that you need to go yes. somewhere differently. So we can't act like this is this is my behavior today. This is that, that I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. Right? So Kim, you mentioned a few different types of therapy, I think, in, in what we were just talking about. So have you seen a lot of people come from other types of practices that said, boy, that just didn't seem to work for me. And because oh, you focus primarily like what you guys are discussing yes. going to the core of it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It's a great question. And mm-hmm. so for, there are people who are, do cognitive behavioral therapy and that works great for them. Mm-hmm. It will not work for me. Um, research I've studied shows that it doesn't work great with trauma. I'm so blessed mm-hmm. that God just directs people in my, my door mm-hmm. who have a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. And, and so I get to help them go so much deeper and, and just get to what's really going on, that there's a, you know, a little kid, and I tell people this, like, it's more complex than this, but there's a wounded child inside of you. Yep. There's a rebellious teenager. Mm-hmm. Mine was super rebellious, and she <laughs> got it. She got it good. There's a critical parent, which is the voice mm-hmm. of shame is the enemy. That's it. And then you have your God self, your adult self. So if I make a decision from these other three and not from my adult self, mm-hmm. my life gets more manageable, wow. and I stay stuck in a cycle. But if I don't know these even exist, and I just keep acting like, if I just mm-hmm. write in my journal, if I just blow bubbles, if I just, right. I'm going to feel better. My pain's right. way too deep for blowing bubbles and <laughs> all the stuff the therapist yes. told me along my way. That's so true. I can write in a journal all I want. Right. I, I want to burn that journal. I want to hit it, burn it, because mm-hmm. there was so mm-hmm. much pain in me. Mm-hmm. I had to physically get it out of yeah. me. Absolutely. I love that you talk about the deep work because I believe that everything stems from childhood wounds. Yes. Amen, sister. That's why we're sisters. Yes. Sister <laughs> yes. from another mister. Yes, right. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. Sorry, Dan. Sorry. sorry we're, we're bonding. Hey, male listeners. Hey, how are y'all doing? Everything, I do believe it, it stems, it starts at least in childhood. Yes. You know, and we yes. talk about how things that are put on us and also the things yes. that we take on. So there's yes. this cumulative effect. Mm. Mm. And then, you know, as with everything, it, you're you're only going to build up for so much before you start spilling over. Yes. It's so, so well said. Oh, yeah. You know, when you were talking around, around 10 minutes and 10 seconds, I don't know if it was exact, but you sure were talking about John 10, 10. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. And that, yeah, that would be, that would That's, be cool. Right. It's around that time. And, and you talked about the semicolon movement, mm-hmm. and that's so important. Can you just speak into that for a second? Yes. So I actually saw this come across a few years ago, Project Semicolon, or maybe it's called Semicolon Project. And I just thought, what a profound way to express, mm. especially because I loved English and I loved writing. So the semicolon to me is 
first of all, totally underrated and people don't use it enough. Right. But I saw it and I was like, that's such a dope way to talk about suicide prevention and awareness that your story isn't over. And so I designed a shirt that says unwritten. And where the I is, it's a semicolon. And I thought about not only the word unwritten and its power, but I thought about what does God say about that? And I immediately thought of John 10, 10. Wow. And, you know, a lot of times when you experience trauma, that's that first part. That's the enemy coming to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to destroy all of us. He wants to kill us. He wants to kill our spirit. He wants to kill our joy. He wants to steal our joy. Um, But if we stop there, if we stop there, then we never get to see the rest of our life. We never get to see the abundance and the fullness that mm-hmm. God wants to bring. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was doing when right. I decided to end my life. I put right. a period where there should have been a semicolon. Yes, yes, it's good, it's good. And I, I think it's important we continue to talk about people who get to a point, and I definitely have been there, that you almost end your life, mm-hmm. or those who do. Mm-hmm. And it's really important we stop calling it suicide. we got to mm-hmm. call it what it is. Mm-hmm. People are dying because of depression. Yes. They're dying because of untreated anxiety. So true. They're ty- dying because of invalidation. Yes. They're dying because of bipolar. Yes. Like, it, it's to say suicide puts people in a different category. That's a good point. Right? Yes. And I just think it's really important that we just start saying, like, I have, I have many friends, and they've lost their father, they've lost their son, they've lost someone to suicide. And I'm like, hey, so I know it's your father you lost, but can we say you lost your father to physical illness that overtook him? That is so good. Right? Let's call it what it is so we get the stigma off of it. And that's one reason why I love the semicolon. Yes. Right? Yes. Because it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. And for family members that have survived someone taking their life from depression or mental illness, it's not over for you. Yes. Yes, and that's so important because there are so many people, then it creates that cycle, right? They've lost someone, and it creates this level of despair and depression, and then they take their own life, and mm-hmm. there's this cycle of suicide. Right. And, you know, um, I think in <laughs> suicide, ending your life before. Right. I, right. Now I've got to, right. like, make right. a mind shift. shift. Right. Um, I love that, though, but that's mm-hmm. so good. That's mm-hmm. so, so, so good because it's true. Something mm-hmm. overtaking you because that's actually what I felt. Yes. I felt overtaken. Yes. And I felt hopeless. I felt despair. I felt um, it's so much pain. I could not I could not describe to anyone the amount of pain that I felt. Mm-hmm. That pain is not something that you can put words on to describe. And I know it because even afterwards I had people come to me who felt that way, who were feeling yeah. that way that night. Right. Asking me, did you ever figure out how to describe that pain? And I, I did not, because there are no words for right. it. Right. And that hits them right there because mm-hmm. they know mm-hmm. I can't even get it out. Yeah. I'm hurting so bad, and I want I want people to know, and I want I want people to know, but I don't know how to describe it. I don't even know how to put the words on it. That is such a hopeless, mm-hmm. helpless place. Yes. And you feel overtaken by your pain and your despair. Yes. To feel so overtaken that you don't know how to get out right. and you're just sitting in it and you feel trapped in your pain, that is hell. Yes. Yes, it is. Your own personal hell. Right, right. And so much of what you talked about too was you didn't know who you really were. You didn't know who you were before all this came into you. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know whose I was. Right. I didn't understand um what God really had to say about me. I grew up in church and I was in church all my life, 
but I was in church, but didn't have a relationship with Christ. Yes. So yes. there wasn't an opportunity to have this. Not say I shouldn't say there was an opportunity. I hadn't had the dialogue with God. I had not heard from God. I had not seen who I was. Right. I was basically whoever people told me I was. That's why I say, who were you before the world told you who you That's were? Right. Right. I had no idea who I was. Just right. floating through. If mm-hmm. you say that I'm a great... Um, Counselor, okay, I'm a great counselor. Mm. Okay, you're a great RA, you're a great RA, okay. You're, mm-hmm. Whatever they said mm-hmm. I was, right. yeah. then right. that's who I, and that fluid identity doesn't work. We only have the identity in Christ. Right, right, and so we have right. to identify, right? Then what, what stops us from having identity in Him, right? What makes us think that we are the lies that come from rejection, shame, mm-hmm. and blame? Mm-hmm. What lies are we believing? What am I doing today that keeps that lie going so that I can't be resurrected? I can be reborn, right. but I step to Christ, my Lord and right. Savior. It doesn't make me resurrected. Yep. You're, you didn't get up. That's right. I'm just I'm just laying on the ground. Go ahead and kick me. Uh-huh. Step over me. I don't care. Right. I ain't getting up. I ain't getting right? up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have a question for you. Yes. So what would you say to people that said, to regarding your talk that, oh, well, everything's great with her now. Seems like she's living happily ever after. What would be your thought on that? I just did a video about this yesterday. It's okay, so great that you would ask me oh. that. <laughs> Tune in. Yes. Organic. Organic. Yes. Um, it's funny because when I was up there and you, what is it that I wanted to say that I didn't say? And I, I was like, oh, crap, I forgot to tell people. I'm no longer on all the medication. Um, I'm doing a little bit better. I'm, there were some things that I wanted to say. The reason why I wanted to say that was for people who felt like there wasn't an after. Mm. There wasn't an other side. Mm-hmm. Not saying that some people you may need to be on your medication forever, but I do believe that de- deliverance is possible. And so, yes, what I look like today, inspirational speaker, mm-hmm. um, coaching people, writing books, all these amazing things, but my life is not perfect. Right. I, I got on social media yesterday because I am intentionally doing what I call, we talk about how social media um, comparison kills. Yes. So I said, I want to do kill comparison. Mm-hmm. Good. And how I want to kill comparison is I want to show up on some of those like not so perfect days. Right. So yesterday my son got in trouble at school. So I did a video and I was like, yeah, I'm on my way to the school. Um, you know, and I had just posted a really inspirational thing at the beginning of the morning. It was like, I'm walking into this day with power. And then I was like, so guys, <laughs> here's what perfect life looks like. Right. You know, my my kids get in trouble. They're still sure. great kids. Right. I have sad days. Mm-hmm. I'm still okay. I mm-hmm. mean, having a sad day does not determine my future. Right. So it's okay to have a sad moment. It's a it's real okay. day. It's, it's a real just be moment. real and yeah. lean into it. Give yourself permission to be a real human being and feel. Right. Give yourself permission to go through the different things. Perfection is not the goal anymore. Right. So I want people to know that even though they see me and they look at this um, idea of what they think perfection is. That's why I tell them, this is not perfect. I have my own struggles. Mm-hmm. I have my own things. Every day is not a glorious day. Mm-hmm. I may be on social media 
saying have a glorious day but a lot of times i'm on there really ministering to myself and y'all right. just get to listen sure. in right. Right. you just get to right. listen right. in i mean yeah. you know i i needed this work today right that's so right. here you that's go guys right. i hope you can benefit but if right. you didn't it benefited right. me anyway <laughs> and a quick follow-up to that then is so when people maybe especially your family are real close mm -hmm. people that are real close to you see that you're maybe having a string of bad days mm -hmm. let's say are they more in tune with you are they are they like more willing to check in on you because you've had some trauma in mm -hmm. the past that it came to light? So, do you see any differences that way or at the beginning? Okay. Um, and I kind of alluded to that on the stage. Mm. It is very interesting when you are a survivor the way that people re-victimize you. Right. Yes. They don't mean yes. to, but they do. Yes. Um, people treated me like glass. They treated me like I was. Fragile. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. And that was annoying. Yeah. Um, but then they did check in on you, but it was it was the way they checked in was like like with kick gloves and it was really obnoxious, mm -hmm. honestly. Too much. Yeah, it was too much because really it came with a reminder. Mm -hmm. Well, right. you know, mm -hmm. you don't yeah. wanna mm -hmm. you know, and right. I wish that someone could help people understand and I know it and the only thing that really I had the ability to understand that they were coming from a good place. But not everybody could. Right. So fast forward to today, because that was so long ago. It's not really on their minds. Yeah. So okay. people tend to look at me still as being this really strong person, this motivational person. But I'll say that I have friends who are really close to me, who check in on me just because they know you're strong, but you're not made of steel. Mm -hmm. And just the same way as you're strong, you need prayer. You right. need your own people, right. your own sounding boards. So it's kind of balanced out, okay. you know, but and, it took time. And, I, and what I see in you, and I just think it's just so true, is that, and for me too, for my recovery, my strength means that if I get upset, I'm going to cry. Yes. If I need to go for an extra run so I can really just pray and meditate more, yes. I'm going to do that. If I need to twist a towel and act like it's your neck, <laughs> right? That's a good yeah. one. Then, I, then I'm going to do that. So that's so, that one. So, you ruined that towel. Right. It's good. <laughs> so it's not like the recovery that you're talking about means that when you're there, you let yourself be there. You figure out a way to express that, to release that, mm -hmm. opposed to the idea of people have this idea that nothing bothers you anymore. Right. So it just means that I don't I don't tank nearly as much as I used to. That's right. It still happens. You process it differently. Yes. You process it differently. You learn to give yourself grace, and you will learn you learn to give yourself permission for things that you didn't previously give yourself permission. That's for. a good way of putting it. You're so hard on yourself when you're a perfectionist. Yes. I know. I was my worst. There's no worst. grace in perfectionism. Oh my gosh! I was my worst enemy. Yes. I was not kind to myself. I was not gentle with myself. I did not speak positive things to myself. And that's why I champion for positive inner talk and self-talk and why I talk about that. And, and you know, I did this whole post on, I apologize to me. Yes. yes, yes. Self-forgiveness and healing mm -hmm. through grace. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that perfectionist in me, I wasn't giving that to myself. So I was re-traumatizing myself. Um, and I was keeping myself in a place that wasn't allowing me to just really let it out. Right. Right. And that's what I do differently. Yeah. And really just, just understanding that perfectionism is a form of rebellion. 
Mm-hmm. It w- will not let God in. Mm-hmm. Like God's always there for us, mm-hmm. right? But when we experience Him, it's because we're in the present moment. Like mm-hmm. we're right there with Him. Then mm-hmm. we can feel His love a bit more. Mm-hmm. We have to figure out what has to be buried so that, that it's about your relationship with Him, not about how people receive you. That's right. Right? Either you're worried about how people receive you or you're receiving from the Lord. That's it. Either or. Either or. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the deal. Love for you doesn't change. Your worth will never change. It'll never be any more today than it was the day of conception. Mm-hmm. The surrender is giving up this religion, this idea of I got to earn my worth. Yes, and that's perfectionism. Yes, it comes from blame. It comes from the idea that you have to undo something that you did wrong. Mm-hmm. Right, it's just improve yourself worthy. Right, right. Prove yourself worthy all day long. So mm-hmm. I tell people, shame told me. That I wasn't worthy. Blame said, well, you better prove that you are. Mm, that's so good. That's all day. That is a... Like a like a tape is, recorder in your brain. Yes. And that's part of why we need to hear voices. Because, <laughs> right? Those are the voices that we hear. Yes. And it's not God's voice. It is not. That's right. The voice of the enemy. That's right. Trying that's right. to come through and sound like your voice. That's right. Making you believe that these are things that you believe about yourself when they're really him speaking it and that's giving right. you an option to receive it or reject it. So, you know, when the word talks about taking every, you know, taking those vain imaginations captive, that's Mm -hmm. really important. Mm -hmm. We have to really be present and self-aware enough that we are understanding when when that comes through that that's not God's voice. But we also have to be attuned to God's voice. He's our shepherd. You know, are you answering to the voice of someone else? Mm -hmm. Are you answering to the voice of your shepherd? That's exactly right. And that's probably how you ended your talk. Mm-hmm. It was such a good talk because you talked about, like, if you don't seek truth, lies sound believable. Mm-hmm. Like, if you are not figuring out some way to really just bathe in yes. who God says you Soak. are, when the lie comes, you'll think, oh, that sounds true. Mm-hmm. I'm believing that about myself since I was five. So mm-hmm. it just goes in the same bucket. Mm-hmm. So you ended really strong of just, you know, talking about when you know who he says you are, you, you get to write the next chapter. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. That what's finished are the lies. Yes. Right? We're not doing Your that story's anymore. not finished. That's right. Right? What's finished is the lies yes. that come from the enemy. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I rejected the lies and I started to believe what God said about me. Yeah. I started to pray, and this is real application, spiritual application. I actually prayed prayers and I said, God, show me who I am. Mm. Show me how you see me. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, I can't see it. Right. I can't see who she is. Will you show me mm-hmm. me through your eyes? Right. I prayed these prayers. I, I was in my prayer closet hmm. on my knees begging hmm. God. You were in your Because I was, I was in my war room. Right. Yes. Right. As taught by, it, it actually was after I'd seen that movie in the theater hmm. like three times. And can you imagine that like years later, you're going to no. be the speaker before no. Miss Claire no. on stage? <laughs> right? No. Like, only God can orchestrate only God. that. That's right? so God. That is that's so God. That's so God. And that's so what leads Leading up to it, I was like, I'm going to be speaking with Miss Clara. Oh my gosh. Like, right. this is like, and because my very first ICU talks was her. Oh, wow. That was my first one. Wow, that's Coming to see her. So yeah. it was really, oh, God. it yeah. was really yeah. amazing. Full circle. And yeah. I had seen her movie. Stalker. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I um, Karen, if you're listening. Right. Um, we love you. I'm really not crazy. Samara's so so <laughs> phone number is 724. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. I, that that movie, it really did teach me. Yes. It taught me a lot. And 
I got my, I'm going to tell you, this, the closet was so itty bitty. Like I actually removed the little door off of it. I barely fit inside and I had stuff taped up just to have a little space. And I would go in there and I would pray and I would say, because I just felt mm. lost at wow. that yes. time. Mm. Yes. And this was way past all of this yes. stuff. This yes. was like, oh, I'm a mom and I had just lost myself. Yes. And I was like, I don't even know, like, what do I like? What, what mm -hmm. do I want? What do you want? Mm -hmm. Okay. You know what? God, what do you want me to do? Yeah. I, at this point, I'm messing it up. <laughs> Right. You just tell me what you want me to do, and I will live the rest of my life for you. How many times did you have to pray that before you got your message? Oh, I've been a long time. Wouldn't you think? Yes. Okay. It was a long time, and honestly, the manifestation that, that came, it didn't come that year. Yeah. I kept praying, and right. I kept seeking, yes. and I kept praying, and I kept seeking, and crying. And so there's hope for a guy like me. Yeah. <laughs> because if your story is similar to mine, like, I got enough to stay in it and keep praying it. I saw enough. Yeah. But for me, if I had seen everything of who could, he said I was, yeah. I would have gotten drunk. Yeah, couldn't It was too like, beautiful. Oh, it was too good. That's so good. Right? Like, it had to Working be in piecemeal. Working with me here today. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like, I, I know where you're coming from. Like, it, was, from. Yes. it had to be in piecemeal. Yes. If he had given to me yeah. the way I prayed it, right. like, give it to me now. Right. I would have I right. would have attacked myself. Yes. Because I wouldn't have believed it was that good. Yeah. Now I'm in I'm in agreement with him. That's so good. Yeah. That's a parent. That's a good daddy. That's a good good daddy. Because That's a good good know, father. Yes, a good good Let's father. Let's sing. Go ahead. But as a parent we know. Like with my boys, I know what they can and cannot handle. Like we yes, could just take candy go. for there example. Like today's a good day to right. talk about this. <laughs> Valentine's Day, and I know that they're going to come home with hordes of sweets. Right. Well, being so a good, good, good mother that I am, I am not going to allow them to sit it's on the so floor good. and gorge because then they'll get sick. That's so good. And they can't handle it. That's right. That's so right. So we're going to give a little bit. That's right. And then I'm going to say, okay, you guys, if you have a good day tomorrow, I'll give you a little <laughs> bit more. We piecemeal it. That's for right. Our, we, we know so what our kids. Heavenly Father, the good, good Father the does good, the same good. for us. Same for us. So good. Girl, I can't. Mm. I just love spending time with you. Me I know too. we're both busy. Yes. You too, Dan. I don't think you'll you left Dan. out. Thank but you. Thanks for but being thank you for this. taking the time. <laughs> if somebody wanted to get one of your amazing t-shirts, how would they how would they do that? Um, they can just email me at hello at bornboundless.com and let okay. me know that they're Fantastic. interested. All right. Fantastic. Do well, we get a cut of that. Yeah, actually yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. Yes. I see you talk to us. I'm very I, happy about that. That you that's so true. I actually um, the unwritten shirt, uh, fifteen percent of the sales go to ICU Talks. Give that address again. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So anyway, thank you both. Yes. Thank you, listeners, for hanging in there. We hope and we trust the Lord that you heard today yes. what you need so you can get through this day and not be against yourself, but be in agreement with the Lord that if He's for you, then no one, including you, mm -hmm. can be against you. In Jesus' name. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks. Yes. Amen.